Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today on the podcast, we speak with Aston Business School MBA graduate Tenzing Tashi. He shares with us his experience moving up the hospitality ladder with Oberoi, his passion as a hospitality entrepreneur, and talks about his current role as the operations manager for the only two Michelin star Chinese restaurants outside of Asia. Just to start off by introducing yourself, tell us your name, where you're from, and where you did your MBA. Sure. So um, my name is Tenzing Tashi. Um, I'm ethnically Tibetan, um, but I was born and raised up in India. Um, so that's why I did my primary schooling, uh, my high school in Norway, um, and then uh, did my MBA from uh, Aston Business School in uh, Birmingham. Excellent. So we'll talk a little bit more about your MBA experience um, later on, but we're just going to go back first of all. So you started your career working with Trident Hotels in New Delhi and then moved to Oberoi where you spent seven years, um, founded a hospitality consulting firm, completed your MBA and you now overlook the operations for Awong, the only two Michelin star Chinese restaurants outside of Asia. Um, would you walk us through your career to date? Um, sure, absolutely. So uh, I started off at a pretty early age in hospitality. I was uh, 19, um, right after high school. Um, that's when I decided to join the Trident Hotels in uh, in India. Uh, so the Trident Hotels are actually owned by the Oberoi Hotels, but they are the first class business hotels, and the Oberoi's are the uh, the luxury uh, resorts and uh, business hotels in big cities. Uh, so I started my first three years of my um, hospitality experience, uh, working as a, a step associate. So that is basically, uh, it's called the systematic training and education program. So I was an associate uh, getting trained uh, in the, all the different aspects of a hotel. So uh, first year I spent uh, working in the front of the house. Second year was in food and beverage. Uh, a little bit of that on, involved working as a chef or training as a chef. And then the third year was in housekeeping, sales and marketing, engineering. Uh, so that was the first three years of my life. Um, after that, um, I just um, I was quite lucky. I uh, got through the uh, management training program uh, offered by the Oberoi's, which is then a two-year uh, postgraduate training. Um, now, part of this training, basically, you um, you have to spend time in maybe four to five different hotels. Uh, there is the academic part of it, but there's also the training aspect. So I uh, worked in the Oberoi New Delhi, trained in the Oberoi New Delhi, the Oberoi Rajvilas, uh, and few other hotels. Um, around India. Uh, and then finally, in 2014, I joined as the um, manager uh, for food and beverage. Uh, I was the assistant food and beverage manager for the Oberoi Cecil in Simla. I spent three years in Simla and then got uh, realloc- relocated to Delhi and then uh, spent um, another uh, three and a half years in Delhi uh, working as the assistant food and beverage, ba- beverage manager. Um, in between, me and my colleague had com- founded this uh, company called uh, Barkeep. India. Now, this company came out, came in existence primarily. Um, it, was, it was just, we never had big plans of running a company or making a company. It was primarily because uh, we wanted to help other small uh, restaurants, um, kind of help, in the, help them in the business because we had a lot of small Tibetan restaurants up in the mountains, in the hills. Uh, and because we were a bunch of uh, two professionals who had a little bit of experience working in hotels, we wanted to give back something to the community. And that's how it started off. 
but uh, it kind of started taking really um, big shape uh, primarily during the pandemic because that's when uh, these hotels and restaurants were having a tough time surviving. Uh, and with the kind of experience that we had, uh, we were just advising them on how to kind of uh, diversify the business or help them survive. Um, then uh, MBA happened uh, in uh, a year in Aston Business School. Uh, and after completing, I landed a job here in uh, London, uh, working as the operations manager for A Wong Hotel, A Wong Restaurant. Yes. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that that kind of whistle stop tour um, through all of the um, all of the really exciting experiences that you've had. Um, well, lots of um, so lots of people who do an MBA, they do it to kind of make a, a pivot in their career um, or a, a big significant change. But you've obviously um, you stayed in like a, a similar sort of industry and and uh, continue to use your experience. So, what was your motivation for for doing an MBA? So doing an MBA for me wasn't to kind of change uh, my career, but primarily was to kind of um, kind of accelerate the, the, at the rate at which I was going to be kind of uh, moving forward in my career. Uh, most of the general managers or uh, vice presidents or presidents at big uh, in bigger hotel companies usually have an MBA. Um, also, you take uh, a lot bigger decisions. Uh, strategic decisions that I would rather say. Um, and uh, that was one of the motivation uh, that I had. It was basically that I, I wanted to do the MBA so that I, I could further grow in my career. Um, at the same time, um, while I was uh, working as a independent hospitality consultant along with Bark of India, uh, I started realizing that uh, having an MBA degree would definitely be beneficial because uh, when you start dealing with clients, when you start handling uh, independent a kind of business contracts. Um, I at, at some point I felt that I was lacking in certain uh, areas, not operationally, uh, but in other areas. Uh, for example, um, maybe marketing. Uh, so basically, uh, the, one of the core reasons why I want to do an MBA also was to kind of uh, equip myself with uh, those set of skill sets that probably will help me uh, or land me a better job in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's just I was talking to someone about this earlier, how an MBA is great for like, I guess, filling in the gaps um, and giving you that that kind of really well-rounded kind of background. Yes, I think um, so. I opened up a restaurant uh, while working with the Uber Hotels. I was the pre-opening manager for a Chinese restaurant called Baoxuan, uh, probably the only Chinese restaurant in in India to be mentored by a Michelin star chef. Uh, so uh, now when I look back uh, at certain decisions that I, I had made as a manager, I think I could have done better or my decisions could have been wiser uh, had I had an MBA degree because there were so many things that you learn in MBA. And while I was doing this MBA, I was like, oh, you know, had I had known this, I could have probably done uh, that particular, you know, I would have made that particular decision uh, differently. Uh, so I, I think it it uh, it definitely helped me reflect back upon the you know the, the drawbacks or the weaknesses that I had. Um, for example, I mean just a basic model, business model, or for example, even understanding the business uh, by conducting a pestle or a SWOT. Um, or you know, what really got me excited was the blue, uh, like you know, strategies uh, that you study in MBA. So those kind of things was. Uh, what started making me realize that, you know, if I had an MBA degree back then, uh, I could have probably been a better manager. 
Yeah, it's funny you say that because I do this all the time. Um, <laughs> think about kind of stuff in the past, and it's like, oh, but if I, you know, it's kind of, it's not like I want to go back to the job that I was doing or the, the environment that I was in, but I do find myself thinking all the time, actually, that's how I'd solve that problem now, even though some of it was quite a long time ago. True, true. Um, but yeah, so tell us a bit more about your actual your MBA program. Um, so how did you go about like choosing the program, and why did you choose Aston Business School? So um, my decision to do an MBA actually um, was just after the pandemic hit. Uh, maybe I decided to do an MBA in the uh, month of April and May of 2020. That's when I kind of finally decided that I want to do an MBA. Um, but by then, um, you know, uh, when you sit for GMAT, or when you sit for, uh, you know, IELTS exams or TOEFL, uh, I realized that I'll be a little too late for the September intake. Uh, so then I was looking for schools and universities uh, predominantly that I was offering a January intake. I didn't want to wait for another year and a half to start off in 2021 September because that had been too long for me. Um, so uh, I predominantly kind of selected schools in the US and in Canada and the UK, a few in Australia, actually. I just kind of looked, uh, got the list of the schools down and schools that, was, that were offering a, a January intake. But that's how I got down to the list. Uh, and within that, then obviously I realized that uh, obviously I wanted to, to get an MBA, but I also didn't want to spend two years or uh, more than two years just uh, in a university. I wanted to get back into uh, work as soon as possible. Uh, so that's why, again, I had to kind of narrow it down to schools that were offering one one year degrees. And most of the schools in the UK were actually the ones. The ones in Canada and the US were mostly two years. Uh, and when, when it came to schools within UK, I was looking at maybe the top 25 good schools. Obviously, most of the top ranked schools, uh, they offer they offered only the second bit in tech. Um, so Aston was one of the very few that had uh, triple, accredited, triple accreditation, uh, along with University of Birmingham, Brunel, Sussex. Um, but then finally, it was Aston because um, uh, they, they kind of offered me a, a very decent uh, scholarship uh, for, I think, 35% of my tuitions. Um, so obviously that was uh, one of the major drive and then obviously because it was uh, a school that had a January intake so yes yeah that's um, that's really interesting about the um, the January intake actually I didn't know that that was an, an option in the UK yes yes so because if I had to start school in September that would have meant that I would have to wait at least a year at least 15 more months before I could start school yeah it is good like yeah because I thought at one point I thought I was going to be in that situation and I was looking for places that would do a January start and it seemed to mostly be kind of like Europe um so it's great there are schools in the the UK that offer that as well yes yes so yeah (laughs) great um yeah and it's interesting the one year program as well is kind of a lot of people that I speak to who've come here to to do MBAs, um, particularly people actually coming from the US as well, that being able to get everything done in one year is a, a really big like incentive, I think. Yes, because you're talking about paying for your education and then living, you know, and then I came in a time when it was pandemic, there was no jobs or anything available. So I had to literally uh, pay for every penny, uh, including accommodation, but without having a job unless... Uh, you know, it was uh, a consultancy job or something like that. Um, so that was one of the primary reasons why I decided to choose my uh, MBA from Aston. My yeah. MBA from Aston, yes. And how was kind of like, how was your experience with the, the program and the course? Like what were the, the best bits and the, the, the most challenging bits? 
I actually really enjoyed the program. I, um, because of the fact that I didn't have a, uh, a degree before my MBA, although I had a, uh, a degree in tourism, but then obviously that was a, a distant learning degree. So it was not like anything going to a university. Um, so I was quite kind of, uh, I would not say I, I, um, uh, I was not very sure of how well I'll do probably because I, I actually did pretty good. I did pretty well. I got a distinction finally. But initially when I joined uh, MBA, I was quite hesitant. I was not very sure of how well I'll probably, you know, fare. Uh, primarily because all the other students who, who, was, who came in from all different backgrounds, most of them are from finance and engineering. Um, so that was one of the fear that I had. But over the course of time, I think I kind of started realizing that, uh, you know, it, it, it actually didn't matter uh, when you're doing an MBA, whether uh, which kind of field you're coming in from. It was predominantly your kind of work ex- experience and the things that you've learned in the past and how, how would you um, see a business or how would you be able to kind of uh, navigate through um, the course. Um, so that was one of the fears, but I think I did pretty okay. Uh, as the as, as I mean, talking about the university, my first uh, three months was actually I mean, the first four months. The first semester was definitely online, uh, which uh, had both uh, uh, I would say both sides of the coin. So there were good things about the yeah, the being in online because you know you could be in bed and you didn't really have to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning to attend uh, the courses. But at the same time, I think had it been once the classes started happening in person. Um, the kind of interaction that we were having with each other, the things that we were learning from each other, uh, that was a lot uh, stronger. Um, so that was one thing about the pandemic. As a university per se, uh, I think it's a, it's a very good university, definitely. The professors are very, very good. Um, but uh, what kind of what, thing that I didn't probably like about it was the diversity. Uh, when, we, when I applied, it said uh, that it was a very internationally, uh, it was a very international cohort. Uh, but then when I came to the university, I realized it was 50% of the students were from India. The remaining maybe 30% were from Nigeria. And so it was definitely very, very international. But then, you know, it was very uh, heavily uh, kind of, I, I think that uh, the way that university had marketed themselves was very big in, in Asia Pacific and in Africa. Uh, so the kind of diversity in terms of cohort that we had wasn't very, very diverse, although it was very international for sure. Um, so yeah, so that was one thing that I kind of uh, didn't really appreciate about the course. But uh, apart from that, I think I, I really had a good time. Yes, and I made some very good friends. Yes, yeah, that's really good to hear. I always think like your network and that community community that you build is is just such a big part of it. Yes, yes, and coming from a hospitality background, I think that was slightly uh, more easier for me to kind of you know make friends with. Um, plus, I had uh, I did my high school from Norway. I, did, I went to an international school. Uh, so I already had, uh, not that I knew a lot of languages, but then I could still relate to a lot of other cultures because I had friends from those, from all those other countries. Uh, so I think that kind of really also helped in. So yes. Yeah. Did I, this is a little bit off topic for the podcast, but um, did I see, did you go to um, UWC in, in your, yes. in Norway? Yes. Yes. Ah, okay. So I was, um, so I used to live in Singapore and I have a bunch of friends um, who oh. work at UWC Singapore. UWC. And yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I I did visit UWC Singapore uh, 2009 just before I started my uh, the the training program um, because my cousin went there to study. So oh. I, I graduated in 2008. Sorry, seven I think seven or eight. Then I had a gap here, uh, and then I started off in hotels. 
Yeah, it just sounds like such a, I don't know, from I see like a lot of what they do online and stuff. And it just looks amazing. Like my friends, I've got other friends who've, um, they have their kids in UWC in Phuket. And all the like the international and multicultural stuff that they do just looks like amazing. I'm, I'm kind no, of absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, I think now the schools is getting, I mean, that's what from what I hear is, is getting a lot more commercialized because earlier it was predominantly the, the ethics, you know, that uh, you bring, you give a world-class education and give a kind of a, how do you say, you raise kids up um, in, in uh, believing a global, as a global citizen, right? Uh, but now it's like these schools are getting so expensive. I don't know, uh, I think the one in Singapore is still not that expensive, but I think the one in uh, in uh, in Hong Kong, the Lee Puchin, though that school is like I think almost eighty thousand dollars or some ninety thousand dollars a year. So you obviously had only rich families' kids uh, who could afford that kind of an education. Yeah, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. The one in China, I heard even, even more expensive. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Well, I mean, it's more than my MBA costs. So. <laughs> oh my gosh crazy so just tell us a little bit more we've talked about your MBA and your MBA experience um tell us a bit about I guess actually sorry I've I've messed up the order of my questions so I was going to say um we've talked a bit about your MBA um and the value that you think it's given you how do you think it kind of it prepared you for the the role that you're doing today and also just tell us a bit more about your your current role and what kind of your your day-to-day looks like so, um, although I knew uh, the the um, the chef patron or the head chef for A Wong, it was Andrew Wong, um, while I was working with Oberoi's, uh, but what kind of really got me engaged with him and uh, how I landed this job was uh, I part of the consultancy project. I decided to do it in uh, in Chinese restaurants or in Asian restaurants and seeing if uh, there was a market for a, a consultancy. A, a restaurant consultancy that was predominant that was uh, uh, predominantly looking into helping uh, other Asian restaurants in the UK, uh, because from whatever study I had done, I found out that Asian restaurants were probably amongst one of the most popular restaurants and one of the fastest growing restaurants in the UK, uh, whereas there was no kind of a niche or an exclusive uh, restaurant consultancy business that was targeting Asian restaurants. So that's what my MBA project was all about. And uh, when I pitched in this project uh, to Andrew, he was very interested and he definitely had his own uh, thoughts about having a company uh, that would uh, like a consultancy company uh, at the same time. Um, so that's how it kicked off. Um, I did this project with him. Uh, I, but at the same time, uh, because uh, in order for me to kind of understand uh, Asian restaurants or Chinese restaurants, I thought it was important for me or he thought it was very important for me to kind of work in the restaurant. Uh, so I was working in the restaurant at the same time uh, while I was doing my project. So I moved from Birmingham to London. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how I started off. And then the project went very well. Uh, I, uh, I, when I, off, uh, I was actually through the project able to meet a lot of other top Chinese chefs, uh, other Asian chefs rather, uh, in the UK. And uh, from what I gathered and from what my conclusion in the research was that uh, there was definitely a market for uh, Asian uh, restaurant consultancy business. Uh, and just uh, before I had submitted my thesis, uh, I got offered a job here in uh, the same restaurant as uh, the operations uh, head, uh, which obviously I couldn't deny because it's uh, it's, uh, it's a dream job for anyone, uh, especially who knows who understands uh, the kind of uh, restaurant this restaurant is. It's probably the only two Michelin star. It is the only two Michelin star restaurant outside Asia um, to have a two star 
so yes, that's how it landed. But it's, so basically, uh, I think MBA had a big role to kind of uh, get me. Because had I not done an MBA or had I not done a project, I would have never been uh, in touch with Andrew. Um, so yeah, that was one thing. And the other thing is now because we are because I already had a little bit of experience of doing consultancy on my own, uh, and along with uh, Chef, we do have plans now to take my kind of MBA project further and uh, establish it as as a an actual business. Uh, so uh, the initial groundwork for the business is already in process. We've started making a website. Uh, we're planning to find a, a brand name and a brand logo uh, for the company. Uh, and yeah, in a couple of maybe months, um, it'll the, the company will be uh, out there in the market. Yes. Well, that's really exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's just I think it's it's so great when you hear about people. So with my MBA project, I and it's it's my own fault. I didn't follow the advice of my business school, but I chose mine just based on the the company that was offering it. Um, and it was like it, yeah, it just wasn't a particularly like great experience in the end um but I think for people that really like chose to do something that they were very passionate about um and then you hear about people actually turning it into a, a full-time role or a, a business on their own um I just think that's yeah it's so exciting yeah so um I hope I it does because uh, that's what I'm more excited about rather than what I'm doing right now because uh, my current role I uh, look after the operations and the daily operations of the restaurant. Um, so uh, the way I've been kind of groomed as a manager, I'm a very hands-on manager, so I'm actually involved in the restaurant. Uh, I, I come to work at around 11, 11.30, and I'm in the restaurant for at least 12 hours, uh, working with the other chefs, other servers, other managers. Um the current situation, you would understand with Brexit, it's so difficult to kind of hire the right talent. Uh, almost every restaurant is having a tough time um, having uh, trying to fill in gaps uh, because there's so much of a shortage of employee, uh, the, the right employee, actually. Uh, so a lot of the time of, uh, goes into kind of uh, taking interviews, recruiting the right staff, and then training them, obviously, uh, and getting them to the level that we would expect them. But the challenge is uh, because hospitality as an industry in the UK or in the West isn't seen as a uh, as an industry where you make a career. It's predominantly like a part-time role. And that's how people generally see it. Uh, whereas in Asia, it's different. Asia, uh, it's very, very different. So uh, it is taking me time to kind of understand the, the cultural differences um, that each country has when it comes to UK or in India and the kind of uh, the work ethics that people carry. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, 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 uh, I, I'm definitely having fun, but I'm definitely say, I'm not saying that it's not very challenging. It's actually quite challenging. So yes, but it's, 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 it's fun at the same time. Yeah. I was just, as you were talking about hiring, I was like in your kind of, you know, that, that kind of restaurant, you are looking for people really who are, you know, who are building careers in, in that sector, right? Because it's not, the training and the level of service that's expected is is just so so high and that must be incredibly challenging to find particularly at the moment absolutely yes i mean um uh unfortunately we uh one part of the restaurant we are not operating it anymore because we don't have enough staff um which is a huge kind of hit on the revenue um and also on the service because we are trying to squeeze in more number of guests within the kind of space that we are kind of operating uh, but again, it's not 
uh, we are not the only restaurant uh, at our level. So many other restaurants, uh, uh, most restaurants in London, actually, even good restaurants uh, or one or two missing stars, they're now not even operating lunches. They're predominantly just doing dinner because they don't have enough staff for uh, covering both lunch or dinner. Um, and at the same time, because uh, the, because of Brexit, because there's so much of a shortage of labor, there's so much of poaching. You know, so you you hire somebody at a ex salary, and uh, the person decides to leave after six months of training uh, because the the next door restaurant <laughs> has poached him and got him at uh, you know say five thousand pounds higher, uh, which is ridiculous because um, it never used to happen before. But now you can see that kind of a thing uh, happening, and uh, with Brexit, especially with the Ukraine war. And the the cost of ingredients has really gone up, uh, which uh, indirectly is, has kind of forced us to also increase the prices on the menu and everything. So a lot of other restaurants are actually facing a lot of criticism about, you know, a higher price. Uh, but the fact is, uh, business in general are struggling. Uh, and then uh, people who are trying to make a living out of it are struggling even more. So, yes. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's always been quite a, a challenging sector, but probably never more so than than now with with everything that's happening. And as you say, it's kind of it's the whole industry that's affected. Yes. <clears throat> and so, what would your advice be to anyone who's um, either coming from a hospitality background or wants to work in that industry um, who's considering doing an MBA? What would your advice be? My, my advice, I think, um, like a very general advice, not only for somebody from who's doing hospitality or who's got a hospitality background is um, you should, I think, know what you're doing and why you're doing this MBA. If you're just doing an MBA for the sake of getting a degree, then um, I don't think that's the right decision. Uh, if you're doing an MBA because you want to have a change in your career, okay, that's, you know, you have to work towards that. Uh, because um, I've I realized that universities can help you uh, get you in touch with uh, recruiters or big companies. Uh, but in, in the end, it's uh, your own kind of uh, zeal or uh, your own interest that can take you forward. That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye!